0: Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today I have with me David Woodbridge, a very well-known name in the mortgage world. So David is a regional sales director at Primus, and he's got an extensive background in training. I put on my Instagram story yesterday, he doesn't know this, we were chatting before the story, before the podcast. Put an Instagram story up about I'm having David Woodbridge on, and we had Melanie Spencer message me saying that you used to work together. She's like, I can't did. wait for him to go on. Sam Lappin was saying that he can't wait to listen to it. Another guy from Primus, I'll speak to Kate from Redditch Mortgage Advice. Um, so you've got a few fans out there, David. So I'm sure a few people will, will tune into this one. But, it was
1: worth giving them those 10 pounds each to do that. <laughs>
0: 30 quid well spent, mate. Hey? <laughs> so today, I really wanted to get into what David does. Um, within his primary role to support his brokers. So he heads up linear financial solutions, but also what brokers can do to help grow their business. Davey's been in training since 2008, so I'm sure he's got a few top tips of how to grow your business. He's been through, obviously, the tough times starting in 2008 with the start of the recession. And it'd be great to hear how he would teach people to handle that period of time again, because we know times are getting tough and recessions getting mentioned more and more throughout the papers. We don't know if it's coming, but it'd be great to get into that side of things. But without further ado, David, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the invite. Really do. Great. Great to have you on. Right. Is it David or Dave? Would you prefer it's it's dave i'm only in trouble if it's david yeah i always go by linkedin names whenever i see people it's david woodbridge on linkedin it
1: is yeah there's the professional view and then there's what i prefer or woody actually is probably what most people know me in primus now so oh is it
0: okay i'll stick i'll stick with dave i'm not not on the woody level yet i've got to earn that i think Right, so first to start off with, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. We we had this booked in a, probably about a month ago or so now, and I wasn't very well, so we had to cancel and reschedule. And we've decided to reschedule it for the week where we've only got three days to squeeze in, uh, yeah. five days worth of work to squeeze into three. So I wanted to first get a bit of an introduction of to how you got into the industry, where you are now, and what you do on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, my, my kind of... Um... I went to uni and did journalism, so, of course, that's a natural uh, link into into the mortgage world, isn't it? Um, but I was in retail finance originally, so um, credit cards and, you know, uh, those wonderful store cards that you got charged about 50% APR and stuff when you signed up for a pair of trainers. Um and I fell into training, um, and that's kind of um, what I've done. I've sold insurance over the phone. I've done call centres. I've done all of that kind of stuff. But this place gave me an opportunity in training, and, and I just kind of fell in love with it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then kind of how I got into the industry really was um, just a phone call, random phone call out of, my, out of the blue um, from my old manager at what was personal touch financial services at that time, um, and said, we're looking for a trainer, uh, this, you know, heavily involved in systems in particular, our system toolbox, as it, as it still is. Mm -hmm. Um, would you, would you be interested? Um, went down for the interview, thankfully got it. That was 2008, as you said, and, and kind of just really then the learning curve was massive. Um, And uh, I remember, and I'm going to share a story and he'll find it funny, but there's one of our advisors, uh, a gentleman called Chris. That's all I will say. uh, But he'll know who it is. he, He was one of our advisors at the time. And he says, I remember you being young and how can you teach me what to do? You don't know what you what you're doing and all this kind of stuff. So it was kind of overcoming that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. recently saw him last week and still remembers having that conversation says so and actually now massive respect but it was just I had to learn and I had to soak it up and I had to absorb everything and and respect what the the industry was and and get my head around it um as you say working with Mel she was another one of the trainers there um a personal touch and literally, just learn every day something new, different way. Got my, my well, I was through the CII um, as opposed to CMAP, Got that, uh, got qualified, did all of that kind of stuff. So just really, yeah. And then, then developed and developed. So training was a great foot in, actually, mm-hmm. um, because I don't actually think the industry is blessed with brilliant training uh, yeah. across the board. Um, so I think if that's something that you are good at or you're passionate about i think this is a great industry to be in because you know you can really make a difference and hopefully anyone that's been on my courses may disagree but hopefully i have tried to make a difference over the years in training and and learn this brilliant industry that we're in now
0: it's interesting you talk about training because i can count on one hand the amount of great trainers that when i was at countrywide we used to have training all the time they gave fantastic training but there was one lady that stuck out in my mind lindsay hall and yeah. she made it so engaging and kept us interested it was the same stuff over and over again really but it was the it was the way that delivered it what is the secret to being a good trainer
1: um i think there's a couple i think i think often Firstly, I think you've got, to, you've got to want to train people. Yeah, I think yeah. you've, got, you've got to enjoy it. And I think there's a misconception that training is just standing in front of a group of people with some PowerPoint slides. Yeah. Um, and I think in this industry, many of our firms, our advisors, and, and will have been on presentations that are just literally being read from the same slide that, well, that's not training to me. Training is, training is about, the key thing for a trainer has to be, the course isn't yours. The course isn't being put on for you. So however knowledgeable you are and however big your ego is, it doesn't matter. The only reason that course is happening is for those 10, 15, 20 people that are sat in the room opposite you. So I would always go into anything that I ever did of kind of, right, what 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 do these people, What's what do I want them walking out of that door having one done and be experienced and felt? Um. Whereas too many people, when they start writing training courses or programs, it's it's what am I going to say? What 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 am I, that, you know that will happen? You'll you'll do that naturally because if you know your subject matter and you know what these people want from you, then then you'll do it. I I just think that the other thing is sometimes we we don't always as train or trainers really good trainers and every good trainer that I've ever seen train worked with. I've worked with some fantastic trainers over the years as well one thing they're always really, really good at is almost being in amongst the delegates. Mm-hmm. you think of when you were at school, it was very much teacher at the front, kids at the back, and we listened to this focal figure. I think um, as you become adults, and adults have their own experiences and their own things to share, they don't want to be taught, they don't want to be teached at, they want to be involved in it, and they want to be having discussions, and they want to be... be yeah, they might have to learn a new skill or, or new or some new knowledge, but they've already got knowledge a base to work on. Not like a child learning their two times table, so they have to go and literally recite it again and again and again until it sinks in. Most people come into a training course are coming with knowledge already and, and life experiences. So for me, it's about using those and drawing those on to then build on the new knowledge or the new skill that, that, that you're doing. That's That's probably what I'd say.
0: It's exa- exactly like you say, getting getting involved with the, this is what that Lindsay used to do. It used to be sat down with us and having a chat and trying to engage with us. One funny story before we move on. I remember Lindsay, we went to a three-day uh, listing. It was about listing properties training. And it was always like, it was always a piss up at the end of the night. But the next day you had to be there at nine o'clock. Well, everybody got absolutely battered on the first night. You get in there and she says, I've got one rule you're not allowed to yawn. Because it it, it makes you feel as if you're boring. If you yawn, you've got to recite a nursery rhyme. Well, nobody yawned for like three days solid. It was hilarious, <laughs> but that's it. Getting involved with people, treating you like adults instead of just preaching off you. So you do the training, but your so your role now is to you head up linear financial solutions. Could you explain how that kind of like works under Primus?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, up until to last year. Um, I was kind of training director at Primus and I've moved away from from the training now as such um, with a view to um, building and working on on an academy, a route into into the industry, which I'm sure we'll talk about um, later on. But um, I got a call out of the blue from Richard Coulson, who's who's our kind of national sales director at Primus and, and said, you know, we want you come and join our team. There's, there's a vacancy. Would you be interested? And if you've ever met Rich, you know that's probably not. A, never, that's not, not a question you say no to. Um, so um it was kind of yeah that that interests me. Actually, it was kind of I wanted to move in, to try something else, do something different, but also still still work on something that I'm really passionate about, which is trying to get fresh blood, new in new new blood into this industry, and and um, you know. I've been very lucky as many of the people I'm sure you've had on the podcast um, that this industry has given me lots of experiences and lots of great things. And it's a great industry to work in, um, but it's a tough one to get into. Um, yeah. So this role gave me an opportunity to try and build that within Linear. So Linear is a primus owned business. It's it's a self-employed model. So in effect, it is a, a group of self-employed advisors working under a banner, um, and uh, but working to their goals and what they want to do for their families and loved ones and, and so on, uh, but trading under a, a controlled um, kind of brand that, that we can help support them grow, um, help keep them safe on the road, which is absolutely crucial in a regulated kind of world, as we know. Um, but it, but it gives us the opportunity to bring people in and, and kind of look after them, really, and, and give them a nursery, as
0: well as experienced people coming in, you know, more and, than happy. And I wanted I'm to speak about a few of the success stories under Linear because I've worked closely with some brokers in Linear. Um, and it's a conversation that I had with Pam and Nina Brown last week on the podcast that there's, there's not many young women in the industry. And I think, yes, you have got some you have got some fantastic brokers, but the, the people that spring to mind do come from Linear. Can you talk about some of the, the ladies that have joined Linear and got into the business?
1: Yeah, and, and you know, the first thing I'll say, I'll take absolutely zero credit for, for these ladies' success. This is, you know, the, the successes that they've had are, are just phenomenal. But you know, before I, I name names and, and get into it, I think, you know, women in this industry, are absolutely flying and it's so so good to see and it's and it's you know when I was in the industry even 2008 which doesn't seem that long ago you know it was a very male still is very male let's be honest but but you know Primus are passionate about supporting and growing fantastic females to smash us blokes out the water we run a ladies event uh called our leading ladies day which you know really really does celebrate and help develop um, their businesses and, and you know it's just brilliant to see so two examples of that Kate McTurnan is one who I know is probably listening underneath in the, in the floor below but um, so Kate uh, Redditch Mortgage Advice she was within Linear um, and you know is now kind of growing and massively growing a, a business I think I was speaking to her last week I think she's got about thirteen. Odd people now there, which is just phenomenal and growing out into Redditch Mortgage Advice and Birmingham Mortgage Advice, the Mortgage Advice Group. It's and she probably had no real plan that that was what was going to happen, but through the support, I hope that she got within Linear and within Primus through through that growth, we've been able to help her. But I mean, talk about driven. There's a there's a lady who's driven out of her mind and doesn't probably quite know how good she is either. Um, so she's she's fantastic, um, and then kind of once one Kate was probably the first, I guess, and then once people see what Kate's doing, well, actually, well, I could do that. You know, I'm as I'm as good as anyone, so why not? And so we had Kylie Ann Gatecliff, uh, CAG Financial, supported by her fantastic team. Again, was in Linear for a number of years, but the beauty of Linear being so close to Primus is that route into your own firm is there and that's exactly what she's done and this year recently as I think it was kind of March, April time may have been a bit before then but Kylie-Anne's moved out with her team uh, and kind of CAG Financial are now one of their own um, so we, you know not just, we've got some fantastic advisors within Linear as well who maybe their, their aspiration isn't to be their own firm it's, it's quite happy within Linear working hard and and doing what they do there. And I think that's the beauty of Linear, I guess, is you've yeah. got some fantastic success stories like Kate and Kylie Am um, who have taken that decision, but you've also got some individuals who kind of say, yeah, this. this I'm quite happy. This is where I want to trade. And, and you know, I, I've, got, I've got no real aspirations to run my own business. I just want to earn a decent living, look after my clients in the right way and, and kind of and feel...
0: The re- the reason I ask you that is that I'm not here to promote any network, any company to go under. You can go DA, you can do whatever you want. Absolutely. But what I see with Linear is, I- I've seen it work. I think that's probably why I speak quite fondly of it, that, a lot of people when they're starting out in the industry is they they're not sure where to go. And I've speaking to a lady last week about it. Linear give you, I think, give you that platform to get under someone, know your compliance system, know you've got the support, know you've got David to pick up the phone to. And that's really, that's, I think that's really good when you're starting out in the industry. But yeah, so that's a, that's a great way if you want to get into the industry and have that support. You're obviously speaking to brokers day in, day out at the moment, what are the top tips you're giving to people to either weather the storm or grow their business? What's your big piece of advice to help people grow businesses during this day and age? As, you know, I
1: think the first, the first bit of advice, and it's not related to the marketplace being choppy or, or you know, threats of recessions coming down the, the tracks. The, the advice I would always give is, is, is you know, step out of your comfort zone. Just, just flip and do it. If you've got an idea or you've got a thought process, or you've got, you know, I talk to people about so I know we'll talk about social media again in a bit more detail, but oh, I'm not I'm a bit no, just do it. Just just start that ball rolling and and you know, so that's the first thing. Get out of your own head a little bit. Um, and Nina Brown, you mentioned Nina, she she gave that as one of her tips on on a call she gave to us a month or so ago. And she's absolutely right. Just just get out of your own head, just have a go. But I think, in terms of the the situation we we're potentially going to be in, and you know, cost of living and so on, I think you're in trouble if all your eggs are in one basket. Okay. And you know, so what what I mean by that if if all you do is mortgages and you don't really talk to your client about other product areas, then you're always going to be at the whim of the mortgage market, and you're always going to be at the whim of of what the economy is doing and interest rates and so on and so on. So so for us, our, our tip always within within Primus, and what we always try and encourage our firms to do is is you've really got to. I don't mean spread yourself thin to where you can't give the client fantastic service, but you've got to have the ability to to say right, what is my menu in effect that my client can come and see me for and walk away with. If it's just the mortgage, I would say you're going to be in trouble. In you know if the the kind of fears are are realized if you can say well we'll look at their mortgage we'll look at their protection we'll look at their general insurance we'll look at their will we'll look at their their maybe some commercial some business protection we'll look at their maybe some equity release we'll look at some and you start adding these different product areas into your kind of i always call it a kind of toolkit then then you're going to be far more future-proofed against the the flow of the market because you'll always have people that Whatever people will always need some of those products I've just listed. Have you got an investment and pension referral option if you're not able to do it yourself? Have you got income streams that isn't just maybe the traditional? I've got my prop fee from the mortgage and and happy
0: days. That's what I was going to say. I'm glad you brought that up. Is all of these things? I think a lot of people say, yeah, I've only got so many hours in the day. Would you recommend outsourcing the likes of say like your protection, your equity release, your business protection?
1: Um, you know,
0: just have the facility for the client to have
1: access to that product. So okay. it may be that you don't do it. It may be that as a, as a, and I mean this with all the love and respect to every single mortgage broker in the UK, but not every mortgage broker is great at selling protection. Not every protection advisor would make a great mortgage broker. And, and so it's playing to your strength. yes. And, and if mortgages are your strength, brilliant. But it's all about income streams. So if you don't want to do the protection one because you've maybe never been shown, two maybe because you know you're not confident enough in your own you know product knowledge or whatever, or you're just too flipping busy with how many mortgages you're doing
0: at the moment. That's what I was going to say, Pete. I think people listening to that are like, but David i know i've got to do it but i haven't got the time but you're saying look if you haven't got in an ideal word yes do it all yourself absolutely but if you haven't got the time you could utilize other companies and and do you recommend teaming up with people you know or is there a place that people can go to to get that information i mean yeah and you know one of the advantages
1: of a of a network whichever the network it is you know um is there will be people in there primus we've got a facility of a referral facility for protection we have protection firms within primus that would happily have conversations with people about that and i'm sure that's reflective in networks all over the uk that that facility is there so if you're a if you're a whatever advisor you are whatever product it is is your specialism and and you are thinking about kind of um, putting up the barriers against the fear of recessions and and so on. It is about thinking about where your income streams are. So if you're not confident, you haven't got the time. Ideal world, do it yourself. But as you say, but if you haven't, and don't be precious or fear this. Well, they'll nick my client kind of thing. Because if you've built a good relationship with an individual you you scratch my back that kind of thing you know it, there's always a
0: there's always an opportunity to and people aren't going to risk uh, taking one client off you to do their remote when you're feeding them 10 leads a month exactly right it doesn't make sense so. i think it's it's kind of that scarcity mindset and i have it as well sometimes is if i pass that client over they're going to take no but if you if you you've got to be good enough for them to come back to you I think that's where it where it stems from, doesn't it? You, so you talked about obviously training. You can become a mortgage broker, protection broker, but you talked about like an academy that you're that you're doing at the minute. Could you give a, like a brief insight into what that does, and it just might be useful for people to hear that are looking to get into the industry. What kind of training they actually have to undertake?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So, so as I say, it's been a it's been a you know. It, again the industry has has had an issue over the years of of it becoming quite an aging um Mm -hmm. industry um the great news when when i go to events now with primus is that's massively changing and you look across and and the average age in the room is, is plummeting over the last kind of however long i've been in the industry it's definitely reducing which which is which is fantastic but you know the, we have to. We have to get new people in. We have to encourage and and support people into coming in. And as we know, you know, with competent advisor status and and so on, it's not always easy to get in. If I'm sat in a doing a fantastic job in, in a separate business, a separate industry, and think, oh, I quite fancy doing that, it isn't quite as easy as just picking up the phone and hoping someone gives you, you know, gives you a job. We do have to get qualified. So if you're looking to give mortgage advice. Some people listening to this will know this very well. So apologies if teaching suck eggs, but you'll need your CMAP qualifications or an equivalent. So in order to support that, Primus are now offering um, CMAP courses um, that will be virtual courses that you can attend. And you can kind of get some real intensive training just before your exams and, and come through that. But then also you then need a place to trade and a home to learn the job. And I think that's often the hardest part because, you know, advisors looking to grow their businesses, if they're small businesses, they probably haven't got the time to give to a new individual. They'd probably love to. Every part of them says, I know I need to, but they haven't probably got the time to to, to give the, enough attention and focus to, to a new advisor. So they often will look for an experienced advisor to hit the ground running, to, to grow as quickly as they can. What we're what we're trying to do through a combination of using apprenticeship schemes. So, so we're currently in in really really close to launching, um, an, a Primus apprenticeship scheme, um, that will enable, you know, um, Primus firms, but also, you know, anyone looking for an apprenticeship, uh, we may have an opportunity, um, within through via Linear within within Primus or within a Primus AR, um. So you'll be able to get a mortgage advisor apprenticeship, or you'll be able to get a business administration apprenticeship, um, all right. which is a great starting point. Actually, doing admin and getting into dealing with clients and understanding it to see if the, if it suits you. So that's the first thing we're doing. Um, the CMAP thing is a natural progression. But then once you're kind of all through that and you're signed off, and you you know your day one as a mortgage advisor starts, then what we want to do is we we have. Um, mentor facilities that enables somebody to kind of mentor that individual through that that first kind of six months um because we we just want to help people get into and and start their their new career in in whatever
0: this might be and as you say right with- way to, probably way to get into it, especially apprenticeships going to just bring that age down of mortgage brokers down to do you know what i mean bring what do you think there'll be much comeuppance from customers saying well, you're only eighteen. You don't know. You don't know mortgages, or do you? Don't do you think that will be an issue at all? I think.
1: I think that's always there. I think. I think you know. You at the end of the day, you're always going to get clients that that um, that think that. But if I just go back to the point I made, and yeah. I'm smiling because if I think about Chris and his comment at that time, is like, eventually, if you've got the knowledge, you'll 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 prove to them. You know, all, all right, an eighteen-year-old sitting down will be a you know. A, a you know, what can an 18 year old tell me about mortgages and everyone on listening to this will have a view on whether that's going to work or whether you know they'd want to have mortgage advice from an 18 year old all i can say is you know if i look across primus and and where we are some of our successful kind of mortgage advisors we've got you know early 20s you know 19 20 21 when they started through apprenticeship schemes and so on i think at the end of the day what does a client want they want a fantastic service Mm-hmm. and they want somebody to know what they're talking about well doesn't matter know, the age then does it i suppose doesn't really no all right if they've had, if they've bought a mortgage themselves and they've they've been through the process themselves of course that's going to help but attitude and and you know knowledge you can learn knowledge you can learn if you've got the right atti- attitude you've got the right um desire yeah,
0: and that would be interesting, actually. It leads me nicely into the social media section. And we're only going to touch on social media because I think we've, we've covered a lot here about how people can get into the industry. But social media side, if you think if we're bringing the average age down of mortgage brokers, these are 17, 18, 19-year-olds. are people that have been bought up with social media, do you know what I mean? They would have had the iPad growing up. And I think this in that age range will be able to market themselves not a lot better but a lot easier just because they have those foundations of knowledge how are you seeing the shift with brokers at the moment with social media and what are the best practices that you're seeing that people are doing with social
1: i mean i I think i think for me with social media it's it's something that for many people is is not a natural thing it you know it's it's i can I can put my holiday snaps on or what I'm eating for dinner that I get why I'm doing that but but to the thing I hear the most about social media when talking to our advisor but what what do I post and and it's always the age-old question I know I need to post regularly but what do I post and you asked me about what do others do well if you you know there's plenty of names across Primus you only have to open LinkedIn and and you'll see many of them and and what they do well is they they just engage. They just talk about themselves. They talk about what they've mm-hmm. done that day. Very rarely will they say, come and talk to me if you want a mortgage. Very rarely will it be so technically driven where we've got to put lots and lots of, you know, I'm not saying don't do this, by the way. But if, if you're putting a post on that needs lots and lots of regulatory wording on, you probably the content is probably going to be very driven towards the technical business, and the quality. Yeah. So this is so. something
0: that I've spoken to a lot of our clients because when we we create three posts per week for people, and a lot of them will be business orientated, so they'll be updating them, updating them about what's happening with the base rate, how a buy to let mortgage works, yeah. what life insurance is. That's great that we put out, but we always say to them try and upload personal stuff in between, so it's not all business, it's not all personal. Yeah. So bit of a shameless plug here, but we've developed a calendar, a post planner, and it's got 365 ideas for social media posts for people. Yeah. So in one week, the way we split it is Saturday. Sorry, if you start with a Monday, talk about life insurance. Tuesday, tell a good news story. Wednesday, share a photo of a pet or your kids or what you're doing this week. Thursday, share an industry article, what's going on in the industry. Friday, share your favourite song. And that calendar, so we do this calendar, you can get in touch with us, it's 100 plus that, 365 ideas for the whole year. Love it. And exactly what you've just said there, it breaks up the business stuff because you can't Mm -hmm. always talk about business, but you can't always speak about personal stuff as well.
1: Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Bless her, she she probably didn't realise she's getting such a plug, but Kylie-Anne Gatecliffe, for example, which she went absolutely viral, kind of, I think it was this summer last year, and all she did was put a, a kind of little post on around, you know, what people put when they're transferring money to their mates, and, you know, it went in the Daily Mirror, she got, you know, count i mean i texted it went in the birmingham mail i said you realize you know famous in birmingham as
0: well and that is a big thing because we're both brummies
1: <laughs> absolutely. if you're in the birmingham mail you've made it but um but you're absolutely you know the, the the what that did for what she said was you know i just did it as a bit of a joke 30 seconds and yet the spread and the the kind of reach that that got so i think people overthink a little bit too much and quite you know understandably we've got to be mindful we're in a regulatory environment and we have to be very mindful of 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 not stepping out of of what we can and can't say um but but personality has to come through i mean years ago we used to knock on doors and not me but you know you, you hear of stories in the industry of people knocking on doors and you know it's a relationships thing well Social media has kind of replaced that. We're not allowed to knock on doors anymore. But what we we have to do is get our personality out there and and build relationships virtually. And the only way you're going to do that is make a client go, they're a bit like me. They're quite relatable to me. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'd quite like to talk to them or I'd quite like to do business with them. If it's quite, you know, um, very stuffy and so on, then you may not get the client. You've got a position where... I you're know far better. You're the blooming expert on this, Chris. But it is that, who what are the clients you want and be relatable to that group of people? Um, and once they get the to know
0: you, exactly like you said, once they get to know you and they're relatable to you, it's so much easier to talk to them about business. You can't shove business down their throat and then talk about your dog. You need to get them no. to believe in you first. And this is a conversation we're having with a few people, is if you're just starting out, our services might not be right for you at this time because it's mm. almost like shouting into an empty room. Get out there, go and tell people about yourself. Get them to build an audience, and then you can go and sell stuff to them. Yeah, yeah. sell them stuff to them off the cold. But no, that's really interesting. Um, it's great to hear what other people are doing on social media, and exactly like you said, what you might find mundane or boring or very simple, like Kylie did other people will find really interesting. Yeah. I think that's what we forget, don't we, sometimes? That because we do it every day, we think that, like you were training, you could say the same thing every day up there in front of slides because you know it, but actually these people don't. Absolutely. I've got to put it in a different way or just talk about the same things, but in, get them to engage with what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah. We do take it for granted with the terms we use, the language we use, we take it for granted and clients are in, interested, you know, they do yeah. want advice and yeah. It's just
0: at what different, different stages. Interesting. Another guest had on Ben Moore spoke about the dartboard analogy that a social media post will be a dart and you could throw it. The outer ring, you've got people that are maybe making a decision who just like skirting around the subject. The inner ring then is people that are nearly at the decision. And then the centre is the bullseye of somebody that's ready to take the action and book a booking mm-hmm. appointment. Mm-hmm. you throw a dart, you've got to make sure you throw them in all three bits, really. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that when you hit the outer ring, people are going to sign up straight away. But mm-hmm. they might move closer to the inner ring over time with more and more content that's good right well so strategy question this is really interesting great question that i ask because it gets so many different answers i'm looking forward to hearing yours so we're going to pretend that you've moved to the north of scotland you've got a laptop a mobile phone and an internet connection what would you do as a new business to start generating leads um
1: I mean firstly you don't need anything else. I mean that that's that's the first thing and yeah, okay. And, yeah we, we have a saying in primus it's 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 bringing the old school into the new school. Um, okay. and I, and I think you know if we think about the old school ways it was and I'm not suggesting this is what we should do now by the way but it was going around it was knocking on doors it was going and speaking to people. Mm-hmm. Well We can't do that anymore. And if I've got a phone and I've got a laptop, then for me it's about how do I get, you mentioned it yourself, how do I get my message out there? So one of the things I always talk about initially is kind of thinking about, and this is one actually I nicked from Darren Williams, by the way, one of our fantastic principals. So he talks about a referral compass, okay? Mm -hmm. Up is your parents, down is your children, out one way is your friends and out the other way is your siblings. And I always think that's a fantastic starting point, right? And what 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 I think with that as well is whenever I speak to an advisor and they say, oh, I'm, I'm struggling for leads, I always kind of say, well, okay, let's start telling me about who's your best mate. Oh, well, it's Bob. Right. What does Bob do? Well, Bob, well, yeah, he works here and, and me and him met down the golf club. Right, golf club then there's a group of pe- there's a group of people that meet at that golf club that know you and bob right so if bob's got the links in that golf club then how are we going to get your message out there so this is kind of all the old school ways of what what do your kids do oh well, she goes horse riding he plays football whatever and i've been very stereotypical there i didn't mean to be but okay so little johnny plays football every saturday at the club okay so you maybe there's groups of people congregating at that club throughout the week, probably different age groups. You've got a link in straight there because your lad plays there. So start talking to parents, start talking, you know, doing this over the phone, admittedly, because I'm in the middle of Scotland. But it, it is that, you know, thinking about your, your, first of all, your circle that's close to you, where are the opportunities where people congregate, where people who need mortgages, protection, wills, whatever, they congregate somewhere um so that that's the first thing um the other thing you know if you for me if you've got a phone you know a lot of our firms will do this as well on that phone will be list of contacts a lot of our firms will do this thing where they just say right get 20 names out of that phone whether it's friends family whatever and tell them what you do tell them why you need to have a conversation with them tell them what value you bring If you then got a laptop as well, well, then you're opening the doors to that social media stuff, that incredible free marketing tool that every one of us sits on every single day, kind of scrolling through. And for me, you said it yourself, actually, Chris, I totally agree. At the moment, until you build up a a presence, there's no point saying, can someone talk to me about mortgages? Because you are shouting in an open room. So just follow Mortgage Advisor, search and just follow every single Mortgage Advisor and start talking in that community. Get on Facebook, your local area, if you're in Scotland now, start learning the area and who's in, be on local Scotland groups and so on. You can see my absolute naivety with any place in Scotland, I do apologise. But, you know, on Facebook, there will be hundreds of local little groups of of people interacting every single day, talking about their world in their little towns or villages. Um, And wherever you are in the UK, whether it's north of Scotland or or across the the water in Ireland or south, whatever, is, is get on those and start showing that you are the expert in this particular expertise, which our world is mortgages, and just start building your presence and start building your profile and talking to people Instead of a knocking door, we do it by posts. Instead of um, ringing doorbells, we put DM messages in or, or so on and so on. But unless you raise your profile, unless you start talking about what you do, how is anyone going to know? And with a phone and a, and a laptop, for me, you've just got every single tool available to start shouting from the world about
0: what you do. I absolutely love that answer. And you can tell you're a trainer and a very good one because – I have mortgage brokers on here and it's exactly the same as me. I'd ask that question. I've got a million ideas buzzing around my head. I'd do this and then i will probably do that. And then I'll go off on this tangent and do that. And that's what a lot of the answers are. And that's great because we're not trainers. Whereas you, what you've done is you've gone methodical. You've gone right. What I do to start with is I do, I love that um, referral compass though. Love that. Yeah. Go and speak to them. Then you speak about the golf club and you use using real life here, going to speaking to people, even standing in a football changing room or that kind of thing. Then you said you take the phone and phone them. Then you talk about the laptop and you're really methodical. If I was a mortgage broker, I'd go back and listen to that and record the last two and a half minutes, three minutes of what David spoke about and go and in- integrate that into your business right now. That is exactly how you get leads. That is absolute gold, those last three minutes, honestly, David. There's just, just everything's been covered there. You're talking about your face-to-face. You're talking about Facebook groups. And I like that you mentioned with social media, it's not just a case of posting in those groups and running. It's interacting. It's speaking to people. It's building relationships. Social media, it's called social for a reason because it's all about conversating and we need to really reaffirm that fact because everybody wants to put a post out there and go viral. Mm. For example, uh, kylie Ann, she did a post, it went viral. Nobody saw the 20 posts she did before or the post exactly. posts that she did after. They've just seen that one. That doesn't mean kylie Ann hasn't worked her butt off up until that post or even after that and you've seen the growth. It's just that one got chosen to go viral. Absolutely. So we've got to remember that, that social media is about conversating with people. You can hire companies like us to do your social media, to create you the posts. You can buy a calendar from us, but ultimately you will get the best results if you put yourself out there and you interact with people. And I Mm -hmm. think you'd agree with me on that, Dave, wouldn't you?
1: Massively. This industry is relationships. That's all it is. It's it's, it's building relationships with people. Like any industry is is making sure that people aren't, you know, it's – so old, and as a f- trainer, I'm almost embarrassed to use the old cliches. But they're old cliches because they work. Because people buy people, and you know, it's not you know, flip me. Well done, Dave. That's rocket science, but it's absolutely true. And if your if your personality as a person, as a, as somebody I want to speak to potentially about my mortgage, does not come across, I'm going to be tr- attracted to somebody where they are a bit like me, and I can relate yeah, to them, yeah. and I can nervously pick up that phone from somebody I've never met on social media and and make a call because it's daunting for a client you've got to remember that Mm. they're not going to do it to a faceless post they're not going to do it to a you know, uh, a brand, they're going to do it to a person. Oh, I, I like that. I like Kylie-Anne. She
0: talks my language. That was funny. I think she'd be good. You know, it's that kind of stuff. And that's what you spoke about there is for them to pick up the phone to you, they might've had to see your brand and your face 20 times over before they pick up the phone. They might not have liked any of your posts. They might not have commented. They might not have even sent you a message, but after six months of seeing your content and building trust, they pick up the phone to you. And I think we can expand on that quote, people buy from people. I use it all the time. I love it. But people buy from trusted
1: people.
0: Mm. People buy even more from trusted people. So for a trusted person could be your brother's friend, some a sibling, a work colleague. But trust on social media, they could trust you because you've spoke to them about mortgages for the last month on your social media content. Mm. That's how you build the trust online. Absolutely Great. Fantastic end to the podcast. Dave, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. That was honestly go back, rewind the podcast, go and record that. That was incredible to say thank you. A little bit of a thank you or donate £10 to a charity of your choice, Dave. Which one did you want me to donate to?
1: Really appreciate it, Chris. Um, it's something that's close to my family, actually, um, through relatives and my own mother. So, the Stroke Association would be really appreciated. Thank you.
0: I've definitely. I've made a note of that. We'll make the donation for you. Dave, thank you so much for coming on. Great charity. Um, just as a little thank you to say thanks for your time. I know it's really busy at the minute, so thank you for coming on. Absolutely. And hopefully we'll have you on again when we can re- recap on where you've taken some apprenticeships, maybe in 12 months' time. Let's see how many people you've got through this scheme and on, on to, onto the, into the industry.
1: We'll get them on. They'll be more interesting than me through their, their journey. We'll get some on, Chris. That'd be
0: great. Right, to get some on. Thanks again, Dave. Really appreciate it. Cheers, Chris. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks